I'm really excited to preach to you this morning, and I want to preach on making room for God. You know, Happy New Year for all of you, because I haven't seen you. Happy Chinese New Year, because I just came back. And I'm not sure how the new year has been. Maybe some of you are already thinking, oh, 2016 is looking to be worse than 2015. Well, I pray that it will get better. But no matter what it is, I will have another question to ask you. How's the New Year resolution? Oh, is it a bit sensitive? Is it a bit, bit, have you given up already in February? Now, I'm here not to knock down on you on anything like that, but I, I, as I'm studying the Word of God and I shared this in London before, I realized that, hey, it is good to have a New Year resolution. But that New Year resolution, as a Christian, doesn't need to change every year. How many of you have experienced different New Year resolutions as the years go by? Come on, raise your hands. You can, no? All of you have totally given up decide to go like to, to better not try because no trying means no failing no failing means I'm happy is it? no you know I don't know about you but you know I, I, there are certain years where my new resolution was this that I, I want to uh, I want to lose weight and then there are other years where I go like this year I want to gain weight you know and, 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 and different things you know this year uh, I'm praying that I will do better in my studies and then other times you pray that maybe this year I will do better in the area of my relationships etc 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 but if you read the Bible Jesus actually summarizes through the Bible, through the different people who are speaking, that there is only one resolution that we need to live by. And this can be a, not just a New Year resolution, this can be a life resolution. And it's found in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 30. And it said that He, who? He, Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. Friends, that is the only resolution you will ever need for every year from today onwards. You don't have to know that the problem with you is not your, your, your weight is not your problem. You know, self-control is your problem. But, 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 but I don't want you to focus on self-control. I want you to focus on Jesus. As Jesus increases in your life, your self-control will also increase. You know, uh, it, you, know you might think that you're slacking behind in your studies. But actually, you know, wisdom is not your problem. Uh, uh, laziness is not actually your problem. Motivation is. But when God increases in your life, motivation increases as well. You know, many times we want to solve a problem by focusing on the problem. I want to challenge you to change your perspective and start solving problems by focusing and knowing God for who He is. You know, think of it this way, you know, a lot of us here are students, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, oh man, you know, I better do well. If I don't do well, you know, people laugh at me, my friends laugh at me, my parents will scold me, and nobody wants to date me. That might be the case. But if you just focus on study, 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 you miss the point. But if you focus on God, and you begin to ask God for a bigger revelation of who He is, for Him to increase in your life, you begin to go like, who is God? God, God, is, God is Jesus. And Jesus is the lover of my soul. And what, who is Jesus? Jesus says He came to give life and life to the full. That means that He wants to see me do well. He wants. What else does the Bible say? But Jesus further says that seek ye first His kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That means that the increase that God wants you to experience is not hard-earned increase, but it's added-on increase, like an interest. 
You know, you never have to check the bank. Hey, bank, are you giving me interest? No, the interest just gets added onto you. What do you need? To, just need, what do you need to do? Just put money in the bank. And so God is saying, just just put your trust in me, and all these things shall be added onto you. And 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 before you know it, you know, as you as as your devotion and your revelation of God increases, you find that your thirst and your hunger for other things begin to decrease. You know, and maybe some of you here you're stuck in certain uh, a lot destructive habits and 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 and. and, and addictions and you've been focusing on addiction for such a long time and you're thinking I want to get out of it get out of it but because you focus so much on it you get back into it but when you focus on God you begin to go like wow God I love you you know and and, and you just go like I want more of you I want love that's eternal not love that's temporary I, I, I want a confidence you know that is healthy not a unhealthy confidence that maybe we can get from, from, from substance abuse and, and which is temporary and, 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 and high from alcohol which is temporary and gives us courage, you know? Oh, let me get some Dutch courage. Oh, no, but but, but that, that, that's temporary and most of the time that leads you to do more silly things. And then you fall into a spiral of regret and shame again. But when you begin to focus on God, all these things begin to dissipate. Amen? Because we read the Bible, you know, this, this is the thing. You know, every time I preach this, I, I, I get this kind of response. Cold. Why? Because the world has actually sold us a lie that says that God is actually a, a troublesome person to live with. No, when God is in your life, ah, no fun one. When you become a Christian, ah, forget it. Lah. Kiss your holidays goodbye. Lah. You know, kiss 10% of your money goodbye. Lah. Actually, no, no. When you read the Bible, every time Jesus enters a picture, things get better. When Jesus meets a blind person, the blind person sees. When Jesus meets a dead person, the dead person becomes alive. When Jesus meets hungry people, the hungry people get fed. When Jesus goes to the sea, the sea gets parted. Obstacles run out of Jesus' way. Demons flee. So every time with Jesus in the equation, things actually become positive. But somehow along the way, we have bought into the lie of media and the gossip of friends to say that, oh, Christianity is not worth it. Oh, no, there's no fun. No, no, no. In fact, Jesus wants us to do more. Jesus wants us to, to, a lot of us dream of being the superhero. Jesus actually wants to make us modern day superheroes of kindness and love. Jesus actually wants to give you the superhero of healing. You know, Jesus is actually against the institution of hospitals. Now, I'm just exaggerating a bit, but I know. But Jesus' plan is, please, please, doctors here, nurses here, we love you. No, just exaggerating. No, but, but God's plan is for Christians to, when they walk into a hospital, right, for more people to walk out with them. Amen? You know what I'm saying? You know, and, 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 and sometimes you know, we watch those movies, you're going, wow, if only I got superpower. And then over mama, you ask your friends, hey, if you can have a superpower, will you be? Uh? And then we talk about lame stuff like, uh, the ability to skip traffic jam. Oh, very good. Uh. But Jesus wants to give you the ability to create wealth. Jesus wants to give you the ability to heal. Jesus wants to give you the prophetic ability to help other people get out of their messes. God actually wants to make us His hands and His feet here on planet Earth. And what we need to do is, is abide by this resolution by saying that, God, you increase. Let me decrease. Amen? And, and man, but then again, many times when you hear this being preached, it's probably not going to be the first time. And immediately, you're going to assume, oh, this guy's going to tell me about, yeah, 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 have more of God's presence in his life, get more involved in church. No. I want to preach to you about making room for God and explaining and teaching you actually what does making room for God mean. 
Sometimes we think making room for God means more involvement in church. Making room in, for God means emptying our wallet completely, blindly, out of religious commitment so that God will be pleased. No, no, no. Then we get into bankruptcy, we get into financial problem, and then we come back, and then your pastor says, I never asked you to empty, I never asked you to give via credit card. What do you do to that? But I thought, and then you get angry. No, but, 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 but God is saying, make room for me. And, and, and the definition is found actually uh, in 2 Kings. Would you turn me to 2 Kings? Chapter 4, verse 8, if I'm not mistaken. 2 Kings, chapter 4, verse 8. You have the story of Elisha and the Shunammite woman. And when we read the Bible, you must, you must, when we do read the Old Testament, it must always be read through the lens of the New Testament. And before Jesus arrived and the New Testament started, uh, uh, God would use men and sometimes women, prophets and leaders and kings to save people as a type of teaser, as a type of trailer, as a type of foreshadowing of the coming of Jesus. And trying to hint to people that one day, uh, 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 the one true king will come and he will sort everything out. But in the meantime, I'm giving you a glimpse of the Messiah in the form of King David, in the form of Moses. And today we want to get a glimpse of Jesus in the, in the image of Elisha. And so in, uh, in 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, Elisha the Shunem woman in verse 8, Now there came a day when Elisha passed over to Shunem, where there was a prominent woman, and she persuaded him to eat food. And so it was as often as he passed by, he turned in there to eat food. She said to her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this holy man of God passing by us continually. Please, let us make a little walled up chamber slash room on top of a house and let us set, let us put in there a bed for him, a table, a chair, and a lampstand, and it shall be that when he comes to us, he can stay there. And so, you have this Shunammite woman who's having these encounters with Elisha, a type of Christ. And, I, I, and, and when you look at this in the modern day context, this Shunammite woman is like us sometimes. We come to church and we get a brush of the Holy Spirit. We're leading worship, we're serving, you know, and every Sunday we get a little brush of the Holy Spirit and it feels good. We go like, ooh, feels good. You know, 